98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, South Dakota State's already ruined my perfect bracket. It's time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch, all of your sports news in one spot. And here to bring it to you, as always, is Aaron Maloney. Aaron? Did you pick South Dakota State? Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Oh. I wasn't thinking, apparently. Well, BPI said Providence oh, okay. was trying to win. Do you never pick any upsets just, then by BPI? I'm just telling you right now. Why, why would I do that? I, I, cause there's because there's usually some upsets. More, oh, well, that's why. You know more I'm than just, these No, I'm just saying typically there are. put the BPI <laughs> together. typically a few I upsets. See. Yeah, of course. No, I've... You're two and zero, and I'm one and one. I get it. All right, so let's just start there, guys. Okay. It's March Madness, full swing. It's here. We got like five games on the TVs. It's crazy. So as you look at the field of sixty-four, who are you picking to win it all? Oh, boy, I hate this question. <laughs> Gonzaga because they're number yeah. one in BPI. Yes. Where is U of A in BPI? Do you, do you have the BPI? I, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't have it in front of me right now. I don't know just, how you function without it. I just it. know that Houston is going to put a torch to the U of A. Okay, look. If Houston puts a torch to the U of A, I will fully be on board the BPI train, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, why in the world would you not go BPI when you fill your bracket Because sometimes when you're actually playing head-to-head, like playing styles and different things matter. More times than not, all things being considered, they're going to be right. All right, well, I hope, math. I, I hope they are right this time. Devin Booker had 36 points last night as the Phoenix Suns took down the Rockets 129 to 112. Here's head coach Monty Williams. These are those nights where you want to be as positive as you can because you got so many guys out, yet we have a standard of play that we want to, you know, live up to. So we never want to lower that standard. We, we, we talk about playing seven to, to 10. That's our scale, not one to 10. We never want to go below seven. And in the first half, I thought we were below that tonight. But we came out in the third quarter and, you know, had a 36-24 quarter. So um, we responded. What was your biggest takeaway from the Suns' win last night? It was hard to, to not have the biggest takeaway be Torrey Craig stepping in. And I don't, I don't think they, you know, they don't expect Torrey Craig in the playoffs to come in and play 34 minutes and shoot perfectly and put up 21 points and 14 rebounds. But just the fact that he could step right in and do stuff like that. And really, Wolf, since day one on his second stint with this team, he has looked like he never really left. Once again, I was hit in the face with the pack of dogs that the Phoenix Suns truly are. Back end of a back-to-back, once again, the Rockets had won two of their last five games. Those victories against the Lakers and the Grizzlies, they were playing better. No Cam, uh, no Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, no Jay Crowder, and it didn't matter. They won the game in their 27-6 and on the road this year. Truly amazing. 23-3 and when Bismack Beyond gets at least one minute of action. <laughs> Sticking with basketball, Steph Curry exited last night's Celtics-Warriors game with a left foot injury. Sham Sharania reported this morning that Curry has been diagnosed with a sprained ligament in his left foot that will sideline him indefinitely. Although x-rays on the foot return negative Wednesday night, meaning no fracture or major damage, which is a sigh of relief for the Warriors. 
How much does this impact the Western Conference? I mean, if Steph's not available, what does that mean? I mean, yeah. if, if he's not available in the playoffs, which I, I have to think he he will be, um, but they can't really mess around like they can't. They don't have the benefit of being like, oh, okay, maybe we'll hold him out through the second round. I, I don't know that Golden State beats Memphis with the way Jaws playing if Golden State doesn't have Steph Curry of all people. So I mean, the ripple effect. If he misses regular, if it's just a regular season, like, whatever. Memphis will finish like, second, Golden State will finish third. Does sidelined indefinitely sound like he'll just be missing the regular season? Not I really. Like it kind of yeah. sounds longer. It, no. Yeah, I'm with you. To me right now, honestly, he sprained his ankle. That's what the report you just read to me, he sprained his ankle. That's what he did to that quote-unquote ligament. He sprained his ankle, period. So a sprained ankle, you're going to look at two weeks. Maybe maybe three weeks, but most of the time it's going to be two weeks. The ankle's going to go down. The swelling will go down. Two weeks, you're you're good to go with a sprained ankle. If it's a run-of-the-mill sprained ankle. I think they're not worried about when Steph Curry gets back. They just want him healthy when he gets back. Very much like the Suns looking at Chris Paul. I don't think they're that concerned with Chris Paul and how he's going to fit in once he comes back. They just want him back when he's ready to go and when he's healthy. I think the Warriors are looking at Steph Curry exactly the same way. Well, they they sounded worried last night. Steve Kerr sounded pretty stressed out, but that was before they knew See, it was before just the a sprain. MRI. Yeah. yeah. Now they know it's a sprain. So they're going to take their time. How many weeks are left in the season right now? Mm, the, the Suns' last regular season game is April 10th. So that's like so three and a half. I figure the playoff, half, playoff start in about four weeks, yeah, basically. There you go, right there. The Cardinals signed cornerback Jeff Gladney yesterday to a two-year deal. According to our own John Gambadoro, Gladney had interest from 12 teams, including the Rams and 49ers. He's expected to be a starting cornerback for Arizona, not a depth guy. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, does the Cardinals' addition of Jeff Gladney mean they have found their other starting cornerback, or should they sign another? Your choice is, yes, Gladney's the guy. No, sign someone else. Uh, I mean, How much it, money is left for the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals to spend this offseason? That's a good question. Um, um, it feels like the answer is probably both. I mean, it sounds like they're going to start him. I would feel a lot better if they also signed somebody else. And then if he's the guy, that's great. And then he starts. But I don't want to be stuck in week one like, well, we decided this was the guy, so he just is the guy. Like, you can't necessarily will it into existence. Well, the first thing you have to do is define starting cornerback. What is that, starting cornerback? That's three corners. Yeah. Okay, That in today's NFL, you're in nickel so much of the time, you need that nickel corner. You need that slot corner, so to speak. So you have to look at it like three. So that's a starting corner right now. Otherwise, I mean, Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, I'll run them out there again. Yeah, I'm fine with those guys. Again, and I'm okay with that. But he would be the number three corner, I believe, at this point in time. So after defining that, I'm still going to bring somebody else in. No doubt about it. Well, because, I mean, three guys, you... Some of them are going to miss games. You're going to need at least a fourth guy that you rely on that you can slide right in, or you're just going to slide him in throughout the game anyway. But he's going to be a veteran, and you're probably going to have to sign him at a minimum, veteran's minimum contract. So 66% say no, sign someone else. 34% say yes, Gladney is the guy. 
Freddie Freeman has agreed to terms with the L.A. Dodgers on a six-year, $162 million deal. Here's Buster Olney. Based on what I'd heard during the over the lockout and just before they got to that and how you know the negotiations between the Braves and Freddie had hit, hit an impasse, and it was a sense in the Freeman camp that, you know what, we, he might have to go someplace else. Um, I'm not surprised, you know, it, would, uh, it uh, but when you see the final numbers, I would say this, and I'm really curious to see, you know, what each side said, if both sides talk about how the negotiations play out. Um, I am surprised that in the end that he didn't land with the Braves. Your reaction? Yeah, I mean, you can, I'm, I also am surprised that the Braves just won the World Series, right? I didn't imagine that. Why wouldn't he end up back there? I don't know why they couldn't figure that out. But if they can't figure that out, okay, that's fine. That happens. There are other teams than the Dodgers. If a guy leaves that's really good, you don't always have to land on the Dodgers. Have you seen their lineup now, Wolf? Yes. Okay, well, here it is anyway. Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, who won MVP a couple (laughs) years ago, and A.J. Pollock. That's their lineup. Because remember, now there's a DH, too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but, you know, once again, remember, there's no need for a salary cap in Major League Baseball. (laughs) Thank you, everybody else, for playing with the Dodgers, by the way. We appreciate that. You know, here's the great thing about it. Um, We're not going to affront the athletic process right here. Just because the Dodgers have that kind of lineup doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't mean they're going to. No, but they're going to be there. But you know what? It's a pretty good start, isn't it, for the Dodgers? And their margins are very, very wide. Where everyone else, or not everyone, New York Yankees, New York Mets, not everybody. But a lot of other teams in the league, they have very thin margins. Here. But yet, that's fair. That's fair. That's ridiculous is what it is. It's minor league baseball where you have a couple of prospects that are going to make it to the bigs one day and everyone else is there to throw them the ball. I just pulled up I pulled up the Pirates lineup just to, you know, as, as a comparison, right? Okay, let's see. Brian Hayes, uh, let's see. Brian Reynolds, Daniel Vogelbach, Anthony. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a not, Are you done? not the same. Every player on the Dodgers is better than the best player in the Pirates starting lineup. It's a great, it's a great setup. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, what do the Cardinals need to do to replace Chandler Jones? We're going to ask 15-year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander, who will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona. Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. NFL Free Agency Frenzy with Wolf and Luke. Welcome back to the show. Lorenzo Alexander joining us now as we get caught up on everything around the National Football League. Not a ton of huge news today, but uh, but there's been a lot of uh, movement certainly this week. Zoe, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I literally just finished wolfing down my lunch, you know, as I was listening to y'all say. I mean, I'm, and I'm real with hey, that. Hey, what, what you having for lunch today, Zoe? Can um, I, I had a little pasta with some uh, chicken thighs and spinach. You know, I'm trying All to eat right. clean, trying to get, trying to get lean because the summer's going to be here sooner than we know it. 
beach okay. body. All right. <laughs> beach body. Beach body. Come on. Are you walking around on the beach? Are you really walking around on the beach with, with uh, you know, a pair of tight shorts on? Are you... T- Stop of it. Of course. So. No, you're Wolf, not. I used to be a big guy all Come my on, life. Man. Now that I can wear mediums and all that, I'm, I'm just going out there all out. I'm all in, baby. Hey, man. I, I have to tell you this story quickly. That My very first Pro Bowl, I went out to Honolulu. Right? So, and was so you wearing I'm out a there, smedium, No, I'm out there in Honolulu, and all of a sudden, there's this guy. He's walking towards us, and he looks like he's literally wearing a leaf in the front, <laughs> right, right like a leaf. And he was he looked like he was 97 years old. Great. Why did you well. have to tell us and this? And he's walking towards us the very first and i was like wow man that guy is that guy's old right there right and all of a sudden he walked by us and he was wearing a thong okay can i just tell you right now that is so wrong and come to find out he was from belgium oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm not going saying. that far i'm not i'm not in it like that i'm just saying so that left i do have limits i do have limits zoe's just trying to get in shape so he can get that von miller money because zoe who are you telling um, <laughs> you look dude. around and see all that. Okay, so what are your thoughts right now in regard to the Arizona Cardinals and free agency? I mean, I think they've been productive, obviously, you know, obviously securing their um, players on their team. Um, you know, I know they signed a corner today and, and uh, trying to make tries and, and getting better. Uh, you think about Chandler Jones leaving. I know we're going to probably get into that a little bit and, mm-hmm. and how they feel that void. But I think Steve is doing a good job, you know, just st- steady pace. You don't have to make big splashes. I think oftentimes, um, you know, you pay – these big guys to come in and do you get the you know the return on it so you know for all the cardinals fans out there just let him be patient let him continue to build the way he is and uh we'll see what happens as as his things progress because i think there's still some value out there as far as some guys that can still play at a high level especially when we think about pass rusher yeah so so let's go there i mean i don't think anybody's shocked that chandler jones went somewhere else so i'm assuming the cardinals have have suspected this was going to be the situation really probably all season if not even longer so mm-hmm. if you're the cardinals now how are you approaching this is there are you looking out there and saying, okay, there's one guy, it's Jadavian Clowney or Melvin Ingram or somebody that we're going to bring in, or are you just kind of filling that role with a, a few lower tier guys? Well, I think there's a couple of ways they can go about it. You know, obviously, free agency first. And, and when I'm looking at this list, right, and I'm not familiar with everybody, but I'm familiar with a couple of guys on this list that I, you know, I personally have played with. And so I know what they're made of. I've heard about Mel- Melvin Ingram, right? I, I respect his game. I've seen him. I, his coach was my coach in, um, in Buffalo and had a lot of great things to say about him, but I've never personally seen him up close and personal. So, you know, for me, I'm looking at a veteran that can come in. Um, obviously, uh, rush the passer, but also play the run, right? We always think about uh, attacking the quarterback, which is essential, but one of the big issues with this team last year was being able to stop the run consistently, and so two guys that pop off at me that, that I've played with personally, really three guys, you know, I, I look at Ryan Kerrigan, um, I think he still has some game left to him, and then also Jerry Hughes. Now, their numbers ain't popping off, but the way they lead, the way they prepare, the way, especially Jerry, he has a, a dog mentality to him, and so he'll definitely get guys going in the r- right direction He's not afraid to express his mind and what should be occurring. And then also a guy I had to play with a little stint when I was in Oakland was uh, Benson uh, Mayoa, who I think uh, has uh, that capability of, of being a dual threat as well. And so that's what I would look at first just because of my familiarity with those guys. And any time that you bring it in outside guys in, you want to have a certain confidence of, of the, the character and the culture and how they're going to add to that, um, especially when you have a team that's kind of faded towards the end. 
And if you can bring guys to help you, great. And then obviously secondarily, you know, uh, anything that's, that happens at the draft, um, as far as keying guys, whether it's with your, you know, a first-round pick or some of the mid, mid-tier mid guys, and just have some plethora of guys coming in to kind of fill that challenge Jones role. But it's not going to be one guy. It definitely has to be by a platoon type of mentality. You know, it's so interesting because the Jerry Hughes guy, that is, you know, that to me seems like a time time sign possibly yeah that that could be a situation where i i could see them looking at jerry hughes i love the fact that you bring up the dog that jerry hughes really is i, I could possibly see that happening um your thoughts on jadavian clowney at this point um, I mean, obviously he's a great player. Been in the league a long time. I don't know if he's ever reached his full potential when you look at his numbers, but I know he is impactful um, in a lot of ways. Um, that's why teams continue to continue to bring him in because he does have great talent and is an impact player. Um, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, if, when you think about from a, a – a money standpoint, are you going to get the the return on your investment? But he's mm. definitely going to. If you bring him in, it's going to make plays. And but I don't know him personally as far as the culture. What type of work ethic does he have? You know, why does a guy like that continually be, kind of bounce around from team to team and not get locked in? Um, because he's been a free agent now. What is this like three or four years? If it feels like in a row. That's Maybe a I'm exaggerating, point. but it just feels like he's been yeah. a free agent a lot lately. And normally, when you have good players, you you tend not to let them get out every every single year so it just I think I would do a little bit more investigating as far as figuring out who he is as a, as a football player and a leader and, and what he's going to bring because he does you know with his name where he got mm-hmm. drafted demands a certain dollar amount so if you were playing, would you would you have any concern? I mean, you look at the Cardinals in their their corners. It's a very young group with Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson, and now Jeff Gladney, who's you know at this point I would say still a little bit of an unknown for sure. As a player, are you nervous, or is that a position where you can get by with youth? Yeah, but uh, I mean, those guys are getting old, and in this league, man, you don't have the the um, luxury of staying young forever. Um, and we told guys, you know, after you get through that, really the first five or six games of your rookie season, like you a vet, man. You got to start preparing and working like a vet. Now, both those corners right now, Byron Murphy and uh, Marco Wilson, um, have you know two a year, uh, two years for for Byron, and now a year for Marco under their belt. You got to start rising up. And yeah, should Steve bring in some more, maybe another vet that can continue to help them develop and understand the game from a mental IQ standpoint, in addition with whatever the coach is bringing to them? Because uh, I think M. Rob does a great job, and that defensive backfield does a great uh, coaching staff does a great job as far as uh, coaching those guys up. Um, that those guys have to to hold the position down. I mean, you can't just say, "Well, you're young, you're young, you're young." Nah, you, it's mm-hmm. time to grow up, and that's that's the part of this business that your your lead time isn't that long, and I, and the way those guys played, they show the ability to be top-tier corners in this league. Now it's just time to own that from week one to week 16 um, and, and overcome all the challenges that are, that are going to occur in that time span. So I, I want to go back to the edge once again. I know we're talking about corners right now, but I want to go back to the edge and ask you, Dante Fowler Jr. When yeah, I, I saw say, that name too. When I say that name, what do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I haven't. I saw him a lot when he was with the Jaguars. Um, obviously, AFC. I was in, in Buffalo, and so we had a lot of um, cross film because we played the same opponents, and so I would watch him a lot and the way he played. And he was very impactful. 
I don't know if he did the same thing when he was in Atlanta. You know, just to be honest, I haven't watched him, but I yeah. know it's there. It's been a disappointment. Right. When guys start dropping off, you know, or whatever that is, you always have to go. Because I was a guy that did a similar thing, right? I got, got a big deal or a decent deal and then fell off. So for me... Um, is you know did he get hurt when he was in Atlanta? You right. know what was the issue? Were they misusing him? Right? Was they were they having him drop all the time? Right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just looking at the numbers because the guy can play at a high level. Um, you know he was part of Saxonville and that whole group, and so you know he has the capabilities. But so it's about why have you taken a step back? Is it you physically dropping off? Was it the scheme or did you get injured? And then that yes, that's maybe a guy that you can bring in on that type of. Uh, time type deal yeah. where you get a lot of value for a guy based on what you're paying but he has the ability because Vance Joseph maybe uses him differently than he was used while he was in Atlanta. Note here too the from Ian Rappaport that uh, Zadarius Smith who was supposed to be signing with the Ravens yesterday you see this wolf is now not signing with the Ravens no, so he's kidding. a free agent. Oh another guy yeah. that has changed his maybe mind? Maybe he's going to Denver too I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. that's, that's, a, that's a big name that's now back out there. Alright Zoe's going to stick around when we come back we'll go around uh, the latest in NFL free agency across the board. That was a pretty big deal that Von Miller signed yesterday, and the Bills they, on paper, look tough. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. NFL Free Agency Frenzy with Wolf and Luke. It is the Wolf and Luke Show, and Lorenzo Alexander joining us as well. So let's uh, let's start as we go around the league here with Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills. Um, what was the the guaranteed money? Wolf, you said it was fifty one point five. Don't just, even tell me, man. Okay. Don't tell me. Yeah, it was fifty one point five. Just slightly more than Chandler. Even Jones. though it was a six year, six year, one hundred twenty million dollar deal. Mm. <laughs> hey, just the, the league is is well and healthy. Didn't experience no COVID, man. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, it just is how it's continuing to grow. And we have a guy that's what? what how old is Von? Thirty three. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty three. Yeah. Right. So uh, it seems like teams are starting to finally catch on. When I was trying to tell him a long time ago that <laughs> once you hit over thirty, don't mean that you old, man. You can, I can still ball. So it's good that the NFL is realizing that, and good for Von. I mean, obviously he's a hell of a player. Great human being. Um, I, I've had a chance to go to a couple of Pro Bowls with him and hang out. And just a good dude overall. And so adding that to uh, them signing Tim Settle. I know uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Phillips didn't do well here, but they also brought him back. And he seemed like he connected with Leslie Frazier, Starlo Delaney there, that really was able to get him uh, going in the right direction. I think he had nine and a half sacks in our last season together there. Um, and so those guys are going to be humming. It's going to be fun to watch. And, and hopefully, um, you know, Bills Mafia can finally get over the hump understanding they got to impact the quarterback at a high rate, and that's something they haven't been able to do. I don't think they've had a, a double-digit di- sack leader since, I don't know. What, do you know, Luke? I, I, I'm guessing. I think I, I come up with a name, though. Was, was, it, was so his good. name Lorenzo? Was it uh, yes, first, okay. I, I believe that was, 2016. Uh, okay. uh, you know, just just FYIing, but nah. <laughs> I noticed you didn't ask me, though. That's interesting. Okay, you know what? Listen, my nephew in town, Maverick, of course, right now is losing his mind because because he's part of Bill's Mafia. Now, oh. right? oh, you know it, yes. man. Right? Yes. And here it is, Vaughn Miller. It's not just Vaughn Miller. It's also what Brandon Bean has been doing with O.J. Howard. Roger Saffold was a guy that I really, really liked. I love the signing of Roger Saffold right now for the Bills. It, it seems like, to me, the Bills are 
pulling the Los Angeles Rams, if you will. Yeah, I mean, they're right the chips there. in the middle of the table. Yeah, they have to. I mean, the window, you know, obviously doesn't stay open forever, and that's with any team. And so while you're right there on the cusp and you have the, 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 the cap dollars or the, the money available, and I think a lot of that is the way Brandon has built this team by being very um, strategic in how he's dealt um, deals out up to this point mm-hmm. to where now he has the flexibility to go all in similar to the Rams and really make a push this year. But I will say this, you know, because they were able to also sign Isaiah McKenzie back, who I think is going to kind of slide in into that Cole Beasley role, you know, for a local, you know, for the local audience or the fans of the, the Cardinals, I mean, being able to see if you can pick up a, a Cole Beasley and put him in the slot, a leader in the locker room, um, I think he can really help that receiver core um, become more diverse, and, and he's a he's a hell of a player. I, I, I love I, that I've never seen anybody be able to guard him one-on-one. You have to bracket the dude. The dude is so savvy. Arizona Sports. Wow. Breaking news. Okay. So, guys, um, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield has requested a trade. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Well, um, I would I would say Cleveland has botched this, to be honest. You know what? Honestly, I think you're right about that, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think they don't really care. If you don't believe in a dude at the end of the day, I mean, you meeting with somebody else, I mean, it don't even matter at that point. You kind of tossing it up. You saying, I think in their mind, like, we can't win with him, so let's just go all in and try to get somebody else. Yeah. Um, so, but that's Cleveland too, right? You know, an organization that's traditionally, at least since I was in the yeah. league, couldn't hasn't been able to figure it out. So they're just doing more, more of the same. And so, well, they were great in 1992 and 93. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know. See, I, I didn't play. I'm not that old. You know, that's why I said it was while I was in the league. I had to preface. I think they had one year. They made some great offseason moves in 1992, I believe. Name one. Oh, um, now this this is interesting though, Zoe, because I mean. Talk about Cleveland. How many times? The, the stat was like they had gone through twenty six starting quarterbacks and whatever it was, like eighteen years. They get Baker Mayfield. I get that he wasn't good last year, but two years ago the guy had twenty six touchdowns, eight interceptions, and they won a playoff game and almost took the Chiefs out. Yeah. I mean, it just shows you that this league is so finicky. I mean, you could be on top of the hill, and if you don't perform, and, and the guy was going out there playing hurt. Dealing yeah. with dealing with drama from you know guys that for whatever reason didn't like him, and you're trying to perform in that type of environment where it's, it's so dependent on you being healthy and having good relationships with the guys around you, and and that's what you get. So I, it's not all his fault, um, but again, you know when you don't handle things um, traditionally in the right way, it doesn't surprise me that they've kind of done this and kind of left him in the dark. And so why wouldn't he go out there and ask for a trade? But it's just more of the same from from an organization who has traditionally been at the bottom because they make bottom bottom type moves. So what about Deshaun Watson in regard to where he might land? Do you have any thoughts on that now? No, I, I, I mean I don't. I mean obviously it's, it's teams that are that are in the mix to to pick him up. Um, you know, it's, it's you got the come Saints, you to, got the Falcons, you got right. the Panthers. Now the Browns say they're out of it, and it's no surprise they made that announcement. They're out of it, and now Baker Mayfield saying, yeah, "Well, I'm out of here too." Yeah, yeah. 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 said, "Bye to all <laughs> the fans." Now what you gonna do? Right? It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. 
you know, the Panthers, he goes there. I mean, it's not like they're going to win a championship. I mean, it, I love Deshaun Watson as a quarterback, right? You yeah. know, he's, he's in, he ended my career. Um, prematurely when they beat us in that uh, playoff game a couple of years ago and I've played against him several times and he's he's a hell of a player so granted he's had but he's had a year off so I don't know what he's going to come back to initially so I don't know if he makes anybody a contender maybe the Saints just because of their organizational structure and, and what they've been able to accomplish and having some um, mm-hmm. uh, you know culture of winning and they need somebody that can come in there and, 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 and put him in a place because with Jameis Winston if he doesn't get hurt last year I think they make a little bit more noise down the stretch and, and and maybe find them themselves um, in a in a playoff spot, but um, the Panthers, yeah, Atlanta, yeah, you know they get mm-hmm. better because he's there. But it's not like they're going to be an instant contender in those two organizations. All right, I, I'm I'm a big Maloney fan, but she just ruined my day with this news. Did you what? see this? Wolf? No. Allen Robinson is signing a three year, forty six point five million dollar deal with the Rams. Okay. 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 Um, no, I don't yeah. want anybody else going no, to the Rams. I don't. How do they still have time? money? I don't know. OBJ, he's gone. <laughs> OBJ is gone. Uh, yeah, it's not great news. You don't like to see the Rams get any type of good football player, but I, I, I don't know if he's a um, a massive dif- difference maker. Right. He's not a world beater. He's a good player. I think yeah. to Wolf's point, but it's not like you have to scheme him up every week like you do a hop. Right. Um, so, man, you know, everybody has great players. Let's go out there. You got to play. You got to ball out. I mean, and that's why you have two young corners that have that ability. Um, I know people are kind of worried about him, but I, I mean, I like Marco Wilson's physicality. I like Byron Murphy's, uh, Byron Murphy's uh, savviness. And if they continue to develop like they should, they're going to be a year better. Yeah. So don't worry about all this. Who's getting who? They're going to go out there and, and ball out because they've shown they had the capability of doing it. I feel like the Rams should have to play shorthanded after winning the Super Bowl. They shouldn't oh, be allowed to add players. We've got to worry about ourselves. No. Stop worrying about what other people are doing. <laughs> All right. I'll go back to worrying about ourselves. Yes. Um, what did you think about the, uh, the, the the quick signings of Zach Ertz and James Conner? And Zoe, I don't know if you heard their comments after, but they were both like, yeah, I was never even looking anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, those are culture guys. You know, both are professionals. Both have um, high football IQ. Both are great leaders. And those are guys that you want in your locker room and you want around Kyler Murray uh, because it is going to expedite his growth process in this league as a leader as well um, because like I think uh, Wolf says this all the time you know if you know if you're around enough dogs even cats will start to bark right? <laughs> yeah, right. so the more people that you are able to influence Kyler right because as his progression goes this team is going to grow as well it's only going to help this situation here you know honestly just seeing the fact that Christian Kirk is gone the Arizona Cardinals never could have paid him what the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to be able to pay him. Um, Just the fact that Christian is gone and Zach Ertz was the first signing, even before free agency actually came down, that to me says 12 personnel. Now that they've signed Max Williams, it says two tight ends. I think it's a shift, though, away from a three-wide receiver personnel group two-way, two-tight ends personnel group. And that, to me, is a paradigm shift for this offense going forward. Do you think I'm reading too much into it? It'll be interesting to see. Now, will, will that will that personnel grow? 
I, I definitely think it will. Um, I th- d- definitely think it should. Um, I, you know, also, you know, even, you know, Kyler developing and be able to go into the, uh, under center yeah. out of that personnel as well yeah. is going to really help them. If they're able to do that, yeah. um, I think they become more effective um, down the road. Maybe you take, you take less of the explosion, you know, being more spread out, but the, the production that that's going to allow you to, to get, the diversity of offense that that's going to allow you to have as you move throughout the season, you still are effective in, in multiple in finding different ways to win. Mm-hmm. But I still think, you know, um, you know, and I'm a Cole Beasley fan. Me and, me and him are really tight. If you can bring in a guy like that as well to add to that um, receiving group um, along with the 12 personnel, but having another guy there that can also be another safety valve because he's going to really kill the middle of the field and, and get open, short, intermediate passes for Kyle to get the ball out of his hands quickly and get into a rhythm. Um, I think adding a guy in that vein is really going to help this offense as well. I would love that, man, Beasley, you better believe it. Especially because you could go 11 personnel. You could go three wide receiver set with Cole Beasley in the slot. Oh, by the way, the tight end is Zach Ertz. That's more like 10 personnel at that point in time, right? Yeah. You put him in the slot opposite of Cole. That'd be nasty. Uh, real quick, too, uh, the, the Browns' response to Baker Mayfield, according to Jake Trotter, was uh, we're not accommodating his request. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's going to be a fun situation. I who their backup quarterback is, because he can just come in and we talked about <laughs> Kyler doing, uh, you know, they talking. Y'all, you know, he's probably taking a playbook out of Kyler's book. Like, let's just uh, work to rule, yeah. you know, and just come in and do the bare minimum. Tim Couch, Dougie P, Phillies coach, Tim Couch back again, then they drop his virgin win. Kelly Holcomb, Luke McCown, Jeff Garcia came to town, Gilbert, Charlie Fry, all of them went bye-bye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, here they are, solid. Brady Quinn, lots of guys who didn't win, Ken Dorsey, Grad Cosby, and we're halfway done. Jake DeLong, Colt McCoy, Seneca, unemployed, that Lewis Weed in five-win season. <laughs> Austin Davis, Josh McCown Yes, they've had two McCowns Shaw, Hoyer, Campbell Oh, f- it's Manziel Why, <laughs> <laughs> As I sing this song They're gonna find another one This can be the cutie But only three breeds of Wow, that's crazy! And the crazy that happened like in a ten-year span or something. Yeah. It wasn't even like. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield doesn't look that bad. Uh, Zoe, we appreciate the time, man. Thank, Thank you, Zoe. I appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. That's Lorenzo Alexander joining us with his insights on the NFL free agency. Texas, your thoughts to the Vandal text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up, the Suns continue to prove why they are the best team in the NBA. We'll get into last night's win over the Houston Rockets next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM. Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. You know, I hesitate to put this out there in the universe, Wolf, but I'm just going to do it. Okay. Did the brackets here. And uh, there's a lot of people picking, right? So you got to kind of you have to find somewhere to go in a different direction. Okay, you can't just go straight BPI when you're in the, a pool with that many people. 
Okay. Okay. Really? <laughs> yes. Because why are you afraid of winning it all? Well, I'm afraid of a 15 way tie for first place. So I got to pick something a little bit different. Well, just don't tell them you're doing it. That's a good point. No, I didn't think of that. Where were you yesterday when I was yeah, filling these yeah, out? Exactly. So the team, because as I said, I picked U of A, and I'm assuming like everybody here probably picked U of A to win the whole thing. So I got to pick somebody different for the final four, like a, on a little bit of a limb. So I went with Iowa. And they're uh, they're playing right now okay. and barely beating a team that's named after the spider. All right, let me see. What is the BPI? Yeah, give me, give me a good BPI on Iowa. <laughs> they're telling me it's like number three or something. I have no idea right now. Let me let me go ahead and look at that. Don't we salute you, Sir Ron Wolfley, for you are the Bracketeer. <laughs> All for one and one for Wolf. Why, thank you, subjects. Um, Iowa, number 14. Number 14, BPI. Right there? Well, it's better than, you know, most. I just didn't like their region. How many teams are in the tournament? There's 68, 68 now 64. Know, 14. Okay. Number 14, BPI. But that's not really fine. Basketball power though. index, ladies and gentlemen. They could be gone by the end of our show today. Um, Rolling. Right now, I, I have not lost, have I? I have There's not two lost. games. <laughs> you don't understand. You do not understand the bracket and how the bracket works. Okay, I mean, you're one of these guys who walk around and complains about your bracket all the time because you insert. I win yourself, every year. You inserted yourself into the bracket. No, false. And then I, well, your that, bracket that is true. a mess. Yeah. Okay. I just walk around. I've got a clear conscience. I have absolutely no skin in the game whatsoever. Straight BPI. It's an intellectual thing to do, is it not? Just look at it and say, these guys, this is all they do. They sit around and all they do is vet basketball games through the Basketball Power Index. It's all they do. And they pay a lot of money to these people that come up with this vetting process. Because a lot of it is used for gambling. And we all know how big an industry gambling is. You know who you are? Yes. You're the Brandon Staley of brackets. You just go right down the list, and you're like, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I'll just take BPI number four over BPI number five. Well, but Brandon, it's fourth and 18 on our that. own, too. I'm just going for it. That's what the yes. sheet says. Uh, yes, I am. Yeah, but apparently yes, it works for I you. I am. Uh, all right, so back to uh, to NBA basketball. The Phoenix Suns get the win last night, and uh, Devin Booker afterwards said, "Look, I know it's the Houston Rockets. They they gave us a fight for a while. You know, I think overall we played well. You know, we had a great start. Um, I mean, you you can't expect to win every game by by twenty or thirty. And you know, after we had a good lead, we always talk about putting teams away, but it's the first quarter, <laughs> so." So, you know, those, those guys are hoopers over there. They play very free, and they went out, and they, they made it a close game, and, you know, we kind of ran away with it at the end. But, you know, after the start that we had, I didn't like how close it was at halftime. Can you, can you just see that? It, can you just see Booker, like, it's only 35-31. We got to put these guys away. And then yes. the guys are like, Book, it's the first quarter. <laughs> We're doing what we can. You know what? I just love the mentality right here. First of all, the class act that is Devin Booker and the way that he, he is encouraging the Houston Rockets and and basically saying, hey, listen, you know what? They're ballers out there. And just the, the, the high road class act that Devin Booker is and yet the smoldering intensity that is still there. This, Ladies and gentlemen of the Basin, gather around and let us all stand and applaud 
the fact that Devin Booker has developed into a superstar, the superstar that he is, and the mentality that he has. There's a lot of guys who are as as talented as Devin Booker that have made poor choices, shall we say, in their lives. Devin Booker is a man through and through. A player, yes, but a person first. And the way that he has developed, man, it fills me with a hope and an expectation for this team going forward because of the dude that he is. Stinking love it. He um, And he's been on that team, right? He's been on Houston. He's been on, not Houston, but he's been on a team like the Rockets five years ago where it was like, yeah, there's some talent out there, but they've won 17 games this year. So he probably appreciates that. Uh, did you see the guy that was doing damage for Houston last night? Kevin Porter Jr. There's a lot of Porter <laughs> Juniors out there. Yes, I did see that. As a matter of fact, chuck it up. Uh, but the uh, the Suns do get the win, and this is Monty Williams afterwards said, look, it wasn't perfect, but we'll take the W. These are those nights where you want to be as positive as you can because you got so many guys out, yet we have a standard of play that we want to you know, live up to. So we never want to lower that standard. We, we, we talk about playing 7 to, to 10. That's our scale, not 1 to 10. We never want to go below 7. And in the first half, I thought we were below that tonight. But we came out in the third quarter and, you know, had a 36-24 quarter. So um, we responded. Yeah, you know, what's so interesting, Devin Booker talking about the start as well. And I agree with him on that. The The Suns dominated the first half and only had a one-point lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I mean, really, you go in and you look at it, they dominated the first half and had a one-point lead. They shot 54% from the floor. They, they out-rebounded the Rockets 28-13. They, they tripled the Rockets in fast-break points. They more than doubled the Rockets in points in the paint. They had, the, they had a 15-point lead in the first half. But the Rockets hit 10 of 23s. <laughs> they shot 50% from three. Hit 10 threes in 20 attempts. That's what kept him in the game. But the the Suns went out there and just, I thought, got off to a great start as well and dominated. Well, and again, don't forget, no Chris Paul, no Cam Johnson, no Jay Crowder last night, Monty Williams, the importance of learning to win different ways right now with so many guys out of the lineup. I mean, we've shown that we can win in different ways. We've shown that we can win with different lineups. Um, it may be like that for the rest of the year. You know, we're trying to get the number one seed, obviously, but we're also trying to just keep getting better. And I think when you have those experiences with different guys in different situations, that helps your team grow. I mean, campaign is getting, it's an education right now that's going to help us when the playoffs come. Landry's been able to play in, in different spots. Tory starts, you know, and he just does what Tory does. So I think that's what I, I learned from these last two games. Last night we had Jay out there, and it was a totally different game. Just one guy out of your rotation changes everything. And Mikhail, you know, his ability to play 43 minutes on a back-to-back, and, you know, he's not even tired. He's in there jumping around like the game hadn't even started yet. So those are things that come to mind. Up eight games with 12 games to go, Wolf. Man, 
up eight games on everybody else in the NBA. I know. With 12 <laughs> I know. It's truly amazing right there. I can't get off of Mikael Bridges and what Monty was just saying about Mikael. It truly is amazing to watch this young man develop into the pro that he's developing into. Um, he looks like Devin Booker. He reminds me of Chris Paul and how he has developed. The way that these guys care about defense, the way that these guys obviously can score the basketball. Mikal Bridges represents all of this. All of this goodness right here. And a young guy that is still getting better. He's not even close to being a finished product. Not close. I, you know what? Does it matter if you've got... Models walking around a locker room that model the culture. Does it matter, ladies and gentlemen? You better believe that it matters. Because the impact it's had on Mikel Bridges is clear and obvious. I just love it, man. It can't get any better for the Suns. When we come back, how much would a Kyler Murray extension impact what the Cardinals are able to do in free agency right now? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.